0: Truth In My Days podcast is sponsored by the Truth In My Days ministry. Welcome to the Truth In My Days podcast, where we defend the Word of God against the challenges of men.
1: Series on the creed. What is the creed? Many evangelical scholars think that Paul's words in 1 Corinthians 15, 3-7 are actually a creed, a statement of faith in the resurrection of Jesus that the early church created soon after Jesus' death and resurrection. And the apostles taught this creed to paul after his conversion if this is correct they say it means we have evidence for the resurrection dating only three to five years after the fact which is earlier than the gospel books and provides solid evidence for our beliefs but is this correct and if not are we undermining the credibility of the new testament and its message by promoting it John and Sonia have been discussing the alleged creed in 1 Corinthians 15, 3-7, a statement of faith about the resurrection of Jesus Christ that Paul supposedly received from the apostles only a few years after the resurrection of Jesus and incorporated it into this letter. This early creed has been hailed as the key proof of the resurrection, but is it? Or is this claim causing more harm than good? We have seen that several apologists are emphasizing the supposed creed and downplaying the gospel books, which are early and far more detailed than these few verses in 1 Corinthians. We have seen that there is no actual proof for the claim that this creed dates to within 3-5 to five years after the resurrection or indeed that it is a creed at all. The supposed evidence supporting the idea was examined and was found wanting. The vocabulary is not, as is claimed, primitive, being found also in the gospel books and acts and the supposed stylized content is simply a series of bullet points written by Paul to defend the truth of the resurrection. And the use of the Aramaic name Cephas for Peter is insignificant since Paul uses both names interchangeably throughout both 1 Corinthians and Galatians. We then looked at the evidence against this passage being an early creed. The first problem we looked at was that the passage includes a claim that, quote, he rose again the third day according to the scriptures." End quote. And we saw the evangelical scholars are unable to find any passage in the Old Testament that says this. In fact, it is in the New Testament, in the Gospel books. And since Paul used the Gospel according to Luke in his ministry, as is shown by 1st Timothy 5.18, it is reasonable to think that this is the scriptures to which he was referring to in 1st 1 Corinthians 15.3. That is Luke. But regardless of which gospel book he was referring to, it shows that at least one gospel book and possibly three preceded this supposed creed, preceded this supposed creed. so it cannot have been written three to five years after Jesus' resurrection. And again, the gospel books are shown to be better evidence. Now let us continue this discussion. We hope you enjoyed this multi-part series.
2: Paul doesn't say that uh, the ultimate source of the gospel that I preached to you was not from men. He says, the gospel that I preached to you was not for men, and he specifically says he was not taught it by men. The point he is trying to make is that he is not dependent on any human beings. He is an independent apostle of God, and he is preaching this gospel that he got straight from the Lord. He was not taught it. So the idea of saying, well, yeah, Paul says he wasn't taught it. He didn't receive it from men. Well, really he did, but even so the ultimate the ultimate source was was Jesus and therefore when he says he didn't receive it from men he did but he says he did, wasn't taught it but he he was but really he's just saying that well but the ultimate source was not from people that that makes no sense in the context he is referring to the gospel that he preached to them not anything else not an ultimate source of it or anything else. Here's another scholar he says, The gospel that Paul received from Jesus and the apostles appears to be formulated here as a primitive creed used in the confession of faith of the early Christians. What do you think of that one?
3: Well, I I guess the the problem is still that he says he didn't receive it from men.
2: Yes, where where does this uh, commentator get off changing the gospel that he received, he says, I didn't receive it from men, I got it from Jesus, changing and saying, well, he he did receive it from Jesus and from men. (laughs) Paul's explicit, he did not receive it from men. So this is a problem. These people are seeing the contradiction between what Paul says in Galatians and treating what's in 1 Corinthians as a creed. But instead of saying, well, I guess it's not a creed, which they, they should be saying that based on the evidence we've already looked at. But instead of saying that, they're trying to find some way to reconcile the irreconcilable. Here, this fellow seems to want to have his cake and eat it too, claiming that Paul got the creed from both Jesus and the apostles, but that remains a contradiction to Paul's statement that he did not receive it from men. Carson, Moo, and Morris, in, in their introductory volume, Write this, what Paul seems to be asserting is that elements of his gospel teaching, such as the truth of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, 1 Corinthians fifteen three to 5 were handed down to him by other people.
3: Where does he say that?
2: So what Paul is asserting, and doesn't seem to be asserting, but is asserting and stating flat out is no, they were not handed down to him by other people.
3: And, and even in the, the passage in 1 Corinthians that is supposedly the creed, where, where does Paul say that it was handed to him from people?
2: Well, he doesn't. He doesn't say that. And this is the problem. Once you've got this idea in your head that this is a creed, you just don't want to let go of that idea, regardless of what the evidence says. If we continue on in Carson, Mu, and Morris, they say, some have found a contradiction in these claims of Paul. Well, yes, because there is a contradiction there. If 1 Corinthians 15 is a creed, there's no contradiction in Paul. There's a contradiction between Paul and the claim by scholars that this is a creed. So Carson, Mu, and Morris say, a resolution is not hard to find. We need to distinguish between essence and form. The essence of the gospel that Jesus of Nazareth was truly the Son of God was revealed to Paul in one life-changing moment on the Damascus Road. The form of the gospel, however, including the historical undergirding of the gospel events, certain phraseology used to express the new truth, and doubtless many other things were passed on to Paul by those before him.
3: Well, that seems a little bit desperate. How, how, where's the evidence for that?
2: Well, there's no evidence for that. And again, in both passages, Paul says what he's talking about is the gospel that I preached to you. He doesn't in Galatians say, well, the essence of the gospel that I preached to you, I didn't get from men. And in 1 Corinthians says, well, the form of the gospel I did get from men. This is a, a, a bifurcation of which there is no hint and cannot be aligned with the language Paul uses in the two passages. Once again, it seems to be a rather desperate attempt to hold on to the idea that this is a creed, when in fact it is not a creed.
3: Plus, how, how else is he supposed to receive a gospel except in words? Are, are they thinking that Jesus showed him you know, a vision of all the stuff that happened and didn't use any words?
2: No, we don't know exactly what they think by this. they, they God somehow loads some software directly into Paul's brain? We don't know. Either way, it's, this distinction between form and essence is not valid. And now we see this. What Paul seems to be asserting is that elements of his gospel teaching, such as the truth of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, 1 Corinthians 15, 3-5, were handed down to him by other people. Okay? Now, had they done their due diligence they would have discovered that Paul explicitly denies that these were handed down to him by other people. And this is where evangelical scholarship has unfortunately gone off the rails. We talked about this in another program. They started out saying, we're going to treat the Bible like any other book to show that it's not like any other book, which, which we showed as a mug's game, because if it's not like any other book, then your initial premise to treat it like any other one is, is necessarily going to fail. So I'm not sure that was the real reason, but they said we're going to treat the Bible like any other book to show that it's not like any other book, which became we're going to treat the Bible like any other book, which now seems to become we think the Bible is just another book.
3: And, and, And does a person randomly insert bifurcations of words into any other book?
0: Please note that this is a multi-part series. If you have missed any episodes and would like to listen to them, they will all be available on our YouTube channel and on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. You can find the links to these on our website, truthinmydays.com, or you can look for Truth In My Days on YouTube as one word.
2: I suppose if... It's possible if somewhere else the plain text of scripture contradicts one of one of their views, they might try to do that. It's done in some some theologies where they want to teach that salvation requires works, and scripture says that it's not works, it's faith, and they say, well, there are two types of works you see. There's there's like boastful works and there's salvific works. It's something like that. So yes, you you do see this kind of thing happening elsewhere. But what's happening here. And, and elsewhere in evangelical scholarship is that ideas that are completely naturalistic are latched onto even though as in this case they contradict the Bible inerrancy is simply out the window
3: yeah it, it, it seems like it would be it would require a lot less mental gymnastics to just actually use the gospel books as one's evidence instead of doing everything you can just to accept the late dates.
2: Yes. So let's sum up then what we've covered. We've reached the end of our, our topic, so let's sum it up quickly. 1 Corinthians fifteen three to 7 is supposed to be an early pre-Pauline creed and therefore the super new apologetic. We asked the beginning if this idea does more harm than good, and we have seen that it does. It leads to downplaying the gospel books and their evidentiary value, which is much greater than that of a creed. We've seen that when we look at the supposed evidence, it is not a creed. The claimed evidence for it actually fails. And then we've seen a contraindication in that we see this according to the Scriptures twice in that passage. And that cannot, it doesn't refer to any Old Testament Scriptures, it has to refer to one of the Gospel books, which means it cannot have been early as these people claim. The worst thing, though, The worst thing about it is it creates this contradiction in the Bible. It creates a contradiction in Paul. And I'm telling you, the liberal skeptics will laugh all the way to the bank on this one. Oh, look at you. You say we should trust the Bible. It's an early creed. Paul's telling us that, but you've just shown us Paul's a liar. Because here, Paul says this is a creed, which you tell us you got from people. Elsewhere, he tells us, no, no, I didn't do that. This is what's happening, folks, in evangelical scholarship. We have to start getting back to the idea of inerrancy and moving from there in our analyses.
3: Well, thanks for discussing this topic, John. There might be some people out there who are not going to be happy about letting go of the creed, but the truth has to be
0: told.
2: I agree. Thank you, Sonia.
0: Thank you for listening to the Truth in My Days podcast with John Torse. If you like our content, please share this information with family and friends. It helps us a lot. We also would love to hear from you. You can reach us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching Truth In My Days as one word again. Truth In My Days as one word. No spaces in between. Or reach us by email at info at truthinmydays.com You may also visit our website for more comprehensive material and to learn more about our ministry. Our website is truthinmydays.com Thank you!